I'm going to just give the intro rather than recording and post. I'm going to do it right now. This is David Scales for Surf Splendor. Bring you an episode, uh, I guess it's Jan, June, June. 20, 29th, yep. Thursday, June 29th. Reconnecting with Chaz Smith of Beach Grit. Um, everything that Chaz and I discuss in the show will be available on surfsplendorpodcast.com. And then on Instagram, at surfsplendor. Chaz, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Reports from Hell on Instagram and Beach Grit, more importantly. Uh, beachgrit.com. We're here to discuss everything from Beach Grit. That's Ultra the intention with this show. What are we going to do? Are we going to record this show every other week? Or yes. what's the plan? Yeah, I mean, this is. I have so much fun talking to you. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, to be in the presence of David Lee Scales. Bang. Is worth, <laughs> worth almost anything. So yeah, thank I'm you. I'm flattered. For, I'm flattered, too, that you care enough to talk to me every other week. Yeah, so. thanks. And we should say that we're sitting here in the Surfrider Foundation in San Clemente, California, surfrider.org. And do you know why we're here? Because yeah. there's deafening silence outside. It's per the perfect place to record. It is. Because there's no trains. That's true. There's no... We've got like, a few comments on that last yeah, time. Yeah, it's perfect. It's great. Surfrider's um, great. Surfrider's fantastic. So um, they're taking care of us here, and they brought us coffee, drinks, Gave us access to a quiet room, and uh, it's convenient because it's halfway in between where Chaz and I live, so it's a perfect meeting place. The other thing is we've got our buddy Sam here who showed up to take photos. Sam, jump on Chaz's mic real quick. I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you, what happened this morning, dude? What, what happened before we started recording this? Well, I was getting ready to meet you, Yes. and I stopped to get a breakfast burrito at this sort of health food place, and I walk in there. This is maybe 10 minutes before I meet you, and who's in there? Kelly's in there. With his girlfriend. Kelly Slater. Right there. And he's literally in the same aisle as me. And I'm texting you far off so he couldn't tell. I didn't want him to think I was a weirdo. Of course. But I you're am. in the same aisle. Same aisle. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and then I walked out and sort of texted you. Oh, my God. You're never going to believe this. And then you tried to talk me into getting him down here for the podcast. And I chickened out. <laughs> so, dude, first day on the job as the staff photographer for Surf I Splendor. It. I blew it. You have I had the, the ultimate fish. get. I did. And I you did. blew it. Oh, it was the, the, the get, beyond get. Like it was I'm so no disappointed, one. Dave. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's disappointing. I, know. It, I mean, I'm, here, it's such Would an easy... Would you have done it? Uh, sure. The way to Kelly's heart is conspiracy. You have to go say, hey, Kelly, I'm sorry to bug. I like right. it. I heard... Chemtrails or I, something. It's not even that. It's that I heard somebody was talking. I just was down at the beach yesterday, and I heard Mason Ho said that you couldn't surf backside. And I don't know who he was saying. I don't know what the context is. You just bring it up, and then Kelly will run with it from there. I just yeah. felt like right. um, your alliance is to me, Sam. And you, if Kelly is going to think poorly of you, who cares about that? Your alliance is to me. You should have been like, Kelly, my buddy David right. needs you on the mic. We're getting together in one hour, and it's right up the street. Literally one mile from here. Uh, you know, I blew it. You I know. did. You've you know totally what? Kelly and I share the same birthday as well. Do you and I had really? the oh. ultimate in. See? Yeah, that would I, know. Even I know. I know. I know. Next time, Kelly, I'll, I'll come talk to you. I, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. But one other question: Is he as handsome in real life as he looks on the internet? He's. I didn't look at him that much, mm. but yeah, he's he's pretty. He's a sexy guy. He really is. His yeah. eyes are what you need to look yeah, into. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't get, get a chance to stare yeah. fully into yeah. his eyes because that would definitely have. You know, he could probably beat me up. But no, no, he he loves to stare. Kelly will stare you back. Mm. I could see that. Kelly will try to stare you down into the ground. Like if you keep it, if you keep it up, I'm, Kelly would be after a surf days. He should be a 
ultimate stair <laughs> champion. I can see because that. I can see him. that. Yeah, he would. He brings you to your knees. I have a feeling he would do well at whatever he gets involved in. That's true. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, next time I see him, I'm going to cut in front of the line if he's signing autographs or whatever it takes to get in front of him. Thank you. Our and listeners depend on you, actually. They would be psyched if Kelly was sitting in right now. <laughs> they would be way more psyched than this. Um, so last time we recorded was two weeks ago, and uh, I got a couple things to catch up with you on. Uh, you were going to Mexico the very next day. I was. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was good. I loved it. Was That was my first time. Actually, no, I'd been I'd been to Selena Cruz before. It was my second time to Selena Cruz. Fantastic place, beautiful. I know there's a lot of or was. Is there still bad blood between the Selena Cruzites and uh, tourists and visiting surfers? Yeah, I think so. There, yeah, that's great though. They they should <laughs> they should be angry at anyone. I would be angry at anyone who wanted to come down and surf with me down there. It's an ongoing conversation that we've had on this podcast, and listeners chime in actually, and it's like, um, you know. Do you want to exploit spots or do you want, you know, there's yeah. an element of just like altruism where it's like, oh, everybody's welcome. And this is, but then there's an element of it's a finite resource and you don't want to give it away. To me, I, I love that about it. I don't know. I'm not as versed on the, on the whole thing, even though I was at surfing. It wasn't at surfing magazine that, that kind of started the whole problem. I think they put Selena Cruz on the cover oh, did they? and then, and then all the locals said enough of this okay. and it was on from there. But yeah, it was actually, we had one amazing day of surf, and then a tropical storm uh, blew in, and it poured rain the entire time, no and way. it was a total junk show. But, Who's yeah. we, by the way? Do you want uh, to get was, into yeah, that? Yeah, we were shooting for the Lisa and- upcoming Lisa Anderson uh, bio-documentary. It's called Trouble. Yep. Um, and so it was a, basically a total wash as far as the film was concerned. But that sucks. it was fun to hang out and... Yeah, drink margaritas. Where are you at in the uh, production process of that? Have so you- we're, we're yeah we're kind of middle uh, of, of just stitching the film together. It's a it's a biodoc of Lisa's life or part of uh, a section of Lisa's life, um, and we're you know just stitching together found footage, uh, still getting interview, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's right in the in the real nitty gritty of it. Where are you going for the um, modern day surf footage? Obviously Mexico, but that was a bust. Do you have any other trips? Uh, yeah, we're. I'm keeping the. Uh, we have a couple more queued up, and I'm keeping them close to the vest. Mm-hmm. These other two. These other two trips. So, All right. Yeah, Fair enough. That's secret. Um, I shot you a little story about my buddy's surf mag this week. Aladdin surf mag. Joe yep. D. Foster. Um, did you click and check it out? I did. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved not only. See, here's the thing. I, I mean, I loved. I like those kind of eclectic surf shots uh, stitched together in a fun way. To me, that tells a story of, you know, I mean, surfing is such a visual thing, right? And so it's fun to look at all these kind of images. But what I was more, I don't think I'd ever heard of Joe D before, quite frankly. And I no. didn't know why. Like, so I got sucked down more than into Aladdin. I got sucked down into the Joe D rabbit hole. That's the story. And yeah, he was, I mean, he's, he's fascinating to watch on video, just his kind of, yeah, the way he's like keyed up, but he's then manic. his yeah his his manic energy, but and then add that like yeah, I mean just his his history as a model and like the his whole story, which I don't know why I hadn't seen his story before because he is a terrible self promoter. Okay, like that's the problem, and I've been friends with him for probably a decade now, and because um, we're both in the Huntington Beach kind of area and we see each other at the beach all the time. He's the hardest working photographer I know. And a lot of surf photographers are hardworking. Dude, the guy's there 
long hours all day, every day, just surviving off bananas, ciggies, and coffee. And, um, but so it's kind of like he puts in all the front loads, all the effort, but doesn't really promote it in the end. And not, not only front loads it, but then sits behind a computer editing endlessly, yeah. like long nights editing in long days shooting, and then just kind of puts it out there and doesn't ever push any farther than that. And one of the things, I don't know if I actually wrote this in that little blurb I sent you, but it was like, maybe like maybe it's incumbent upon us to actually gift ourselves the magazine. Like Joe's work is done. He shot it and he did the graphic design and put it out there. We're the fools if we choose not to take the bait or if we choose the cheaper route of scrolling Instagram, that's on us. I mean, I 100% agree with that. Like, it's funny. Tying Jody a little bit to the Matt Warshaw Encyclopedia of Surfing thing, right? Where there's these there's these people in the surf, I think sphere who who do massive amounts of work, and it's there, you know, either free or for a real mm-hmm. minimal cost. Um, where I mean, you're exactly right. Where it's incumbent upon us to go. This stuff is there to go get the best stuff we can get, as opposed to being lazy and and scrolling Insta. Yeah, and it's you get more out of it when you put a little intention into it. It's like. I don't know who I was listening to. Somebody was saying like they do these talks at college campuses and they charge like $3 to enter. $3 is nominal, but if the students don't pay the $3, they walk out 20 minutes into the show because they just, they showed up for free. They have nothing invested and they're over it. And that's the thing too. I think in media in general, uh, particularly on the internet, I think that the consumer or the, you know, the end listener or viewer or whatever is so conditioned to expect kind of free stuff. Mm-hmm. But at what point is the the being free? Like, you know, and even with Aladdin, because Aladdin's free, it was free, it's right? Totally free. Yeah, totally. He's been doing it seven years. Yeah, it's and, free. and entirely free. So it's not necessarily that there's a cost. There needs to be a cost thing associated with it. But just we need to be just the amount of the nonstop, you know, drip of content. We need to be, do a better job of being more selective about what we consume. And then also, I think, to be better about pushing the stuff that's actually good, that's right. quality. I agree. And when I thumbed through that or clicked through that magazine, I was bowled over by the quality of the imagery. And some of it was, um, you know, like John John had a, like an O'Neill sticker on his board, or I think I mentioned Craig Anderson with a quick. So like they're old photos and I just thought to myself, how is this never seen the light of day? Yeah. Like, this is A-plus photography from Bosco and photographers who you do know. And um, it just never found a place in the magazines because the magazines have been struggling and whatever. But it's like we're, we're there's like a glut of riches for us, you know? I mean, it's so true. In general, too, I reckon. Like, I mean, just, just think how surf photography, like... All the photograph or the photographs you've seen that have been dynamic or interesting or compelling, just think how more how many more there are that you've never seen that are. Totally. I mean, yeah, sitting on someone's hard drive. Totally, somewhere, just yeah. never it, it got glossed over in the initial kind of thing, and yeah, yeah. Or even for the photographer to have the organizational skills to actually pull everything off their card and give it a proper once over, sure, you know, or twice over. Um, moving on, the other conversation I meant to bring up last time, but obviously uh, listeners of that show and they commented on Beach Grit and on Instagram, everybody wants to know what happened to Rory Parker, famed Beach Grit writer. Rory Parker is a famed Beach Grit, Beach Grit writer, yeah. Um, I guess it was, what is it, a year ago now, maybe? Maybe. Uh, that we kind of came 
came to loggerheads, uh, me particularly and Rory. Um, and yeah, it had something to do with his Corey Schumacher podcast, uh, which I don't know. I like, uh, how to say it. Just say it, dude. Don't back off. Yeah, no, I'm not backing off at all. I'm trying to think of how to be, how to say it in the, in the best way possible. Um, yeah, I mean, just the Rory's direction, I think, and not even more than just the Corey thing. Rory's direction, I liked some of his stuff, but I hadn't liked a lot of his stuff for a while, which is fine. You know, it's it's kind of me and Derek are the principals. And then I was thinking about at that time a year ago, like, okay, well, I'm going to split or not split, but we're, I'm going to do something. Uh, take this whole idea of beach care, right? This kind of a little bit seedy, but fun and antidepressive thing. And, and, and see if it would work in a different field like snowboarding. Right. So I was going to start Lodge Grit, which I, you know, kind of soft launched. Um, and when Rory found out about that, he became kind of possessive of like, hey, well, what's in this for me? And that's, that always drives me crazy. When somebody's first response to anything creative is what do I get out of this instead of how can I help? Uh, that's that's to me like Marty McFly being called chicken where it just it just sets me off. And so at that point, I was like, okay, fine. If this is your attitude, if what can I get out of this? Uh, then you know, whatever. Like, not. And I didn't. I didn't. You know, he didn't get fired or anything. It just. I think he and I had argued to the point where, you know, he he didn't want to do stuff with Peach Grey anymore, and I was, I was. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Okay. So was. Um, can you break down the Corey Schumacher thing? Do you mind getting into that? I'm not. I no. wasn't even familiar with that. Uh, I don't Part know, of confrontation. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, I saw the podcast that he posted, sure. and I didn't even listen to it. I just like read the comments to get a read on what people thought about it. So I mean, I think Rory, Derek, and I, I think are are. Uh, I don't know where Derek is politically. I'm totally. I don't even know what I would be called politically. I mean, theoretically, I guess I'm a libertarian, but in real life, the only parts of politics I like are the parts that are the most entertaining. Um, and Rory has a, a genuine, I think, kind of knee-jerk liberal uh, thing. And so he did this knee-jerky liberal thing with Corey Schumacher that he thought was really profound. And Derek Derek thought it was not profound and thought it was, you know, mealy-mouthed and not interesting. Um, and then Rory's wife kind of got involved and, and it went from there, where it became a real personal thing. His, his wife took his side, obviously, yeah, his wife, and his, went to bat for him? Yeah, which okay. is all fine and good, but it just it, it got kind of bigger than it should have gotten. You know, it was a, a very clear uh, mountain out of a molehill. Okay. But I think there was a lot of stuff brewing at that point with, with Rory. And just Rory's great. I think Rory's a real... Rory's a lot more sensitive, and I don't know if he would... You know, I mean, I don't. I've never even met him, but uh, he's a lot more sensitive, I think, than his persona comes across as. Like, I think his his uh, writing persona to me was always, you know, I mean, I think he he put his wore his heart on the sleeve, yeah. Um, and you could tell that he cared about stuff. But to me, I I guess I thought he was, for lack of a better word, tougher uh, emotionally. But he's not at all, and I think he takes stuff really personally. And so that was. I'm a bull in a china shop always like my feelings don't get hurt very easily Mm -hmm. and I guess I just assume that other people's feelings shouldn't get hurt either and this you know especially amongst the writers or or yeah and part of his gig was slinging mud precisely and so So. that's so that's what I thought and so then when I went back kind of hard at him uh, I think it uh, he didn't like that Um, understandably I guess now in retrospect but you know I'm Again, I think Beach Grit was just going a different direction too, yeah. and Rory wanted to do different stuff, and so 
you know, it's all, I mean, I hope it's, I hope, I hope he feels good about his time at Beach Grit. And I think he was a super integral part of early Beach Grit. Um, but I also think that Beach Grit needed to grow. Sure. Um, and get a kind of a different perspective. I think Rory's perspective was super myopic. Uh, and it was, it would have been okay if we would have had a bigger cast of characters kind right. of contributing. But with it was just, when it was just me, Derek, and Rory, uh, I think it, Rory's kind of, you know, I'm going free diving and whatever tone. I, I just got bored by it personally. Okay. And if I'm bored, everyone's bored. Fair enough. I like it. Um, this That actually kind of dovetails with the next thing I wanted to bring up, which was um, after we pub- published that last episode, the boys in Australia over on Ain't It Swell. I think it's actually Ain't That Swell oh, yeah. podcast. Um, did a little segment. And they were like, they basically made fun of you or gave you a hard time. They're like, who's Chaz? Why is he picking fights with everybody? And really, the way that they titled the section was, what's up with surf journos criticizing other surf journos? And I'm listening going, you guys are literally surf journalists criticizing a surf journalist about criticizing surf journalists. Like, it was the most hypocritical thing ever. See, that's what I was just begging for, though, for so long begging for that i mean it was begging like i i loved it when i heard it uh first i love jed and vaughn's voices so it makes me jealous that i don't i, I don't have a voice like that not the australian accent per se but the I don't, they just have good radio voices okay the tone of their voice yeah. not what they're saying no and then, but then what they were saying here too right like it was perfect it was a perfect kind of tee off i felt on uh yeah you know this is all absurd but that's the thing so i think they uh, part of what they were talking about was who cares, right? This is all exactly this is who cares about surf journalism. Um, and, you know, and I think, though, I mean, exactly. It's precisely that. But but doing this makes it funner, right? And totally. and not that you should really care or take it personally, but or maybe you can. That's all fine and good. But the there's something about to think that riding a wave is any more profound than a surf journalist talking about another surf journalist to me they're on the same exact plane none of it is more absurd neither is more absurd it's all equally unimportant exactly all equally unimportant and therefore all equally important right Right. and so that's that's it to me and i love that they i love that they even you know spent time talking about it i thought it was a i thought it was a fun little segment and um yeah but but again the i think they kept saying who fucking cares right but that's just it. Who cares about any of this? Right. And we all do. That's the the answer is the the easy kind of ha ha ha. You know, nobody cares about surfing. Nobody right. cares about surf journalism. Nobody cares about any of this. Except we all do. Except yeah. they're making a surf podcast. Their listeners are listening to a surf podcast. On and on it goes. Right. Yeah. Where we all actually care. No matter how much we say this is all totally silly and it's pointless. And I you know I say it as much as anybody. This is what we do is utterly pointless. It has absolutely zero value to anything in the world uh and that may be true but also that's what i spend every day doing so i'm all for it dude i mean you could be argued that the renaissance painters were doing something that was pointless as well except for the fact that it had tremendous value to one, humanity 100 percent, and i yeah. really do and i say it on beach grit and but i really do believe that we're in a golden age of surf journalism like i've never been more entertained by what i'm reading out there from guys like you know, long time on Beach Grit to Steve uh, Doherty to uh, Sean. I'm sorry, Sean Doherty yeah. um, to uh, you know even 
uh, Morgan Williamson uh, at Stab to whatever. Like there's a and not that he's part of the golden age of surf journalism, but um, there's a lot of fun stuff happening out there. Yeah. And the only thing I think that's not happening is any of the fun stuff engaging with with itself. Which again is part of my mission is okay. Let's you know, and it's not of course when we get all shoegazy and only talk about each other and stuff like that, it gets it gets silly. But also not to talk ever about anything else that's happening is silly. And so can't we have a happy balance of this guy wrote this today? Let's tee off on it, or you know something those kinds of things. I I'm fully on board, and I totally agree. And like if you and I are just chatting in the parking lot, we are going to talk about. Hey, did you see that comment over on uh, Stab Magazine that somebody said about Albie Layer's video that he just posted yesterday? Like those are the things we talk about. So why not talk about it publicly? And I do listen to the that guy's show, even though I got the name wrong. Ain't that swell? <laughs> I do listen to those guys' shows occasionally, and um, and I have thoughts about it. And so, why shouldn't I share those thoughts on here? And obviously, they listen to this, and so they should share those. I'm totally cool with all of it. You I'm, know? I mean, and that's what I like. And again, it doesn't have to be like for hours and hours and hours on end. I'm sure you know listeners and readers and everything get get bored when it's a nonstop kind of inside joke or yeah or inside the Beltway kind of you know heckling. Um, but again, I think there's such a lack of it right now and it does a disservice to everybody. Like how are people supposed to learn about new stuff that they may or, you know, they may or may not like, or I mean, well, what I love about it is that it's not curated content. It's not edited for the magazine. It's not funded by sponsors. So it is like we were talking about the comment section on beach grip being where I get the best read on the surf zeitgeist. We were talking about that last time. That's what it is. Yep. It's like the most, it's straight from the vein, you yep. know? So that's why I'm a huge fan of it. And it's funny, Stab Magazine actually posted an article since then calling themselves out for inciting racial hatred on their comment section. Like, I guess somebody emailed them and said, hey, you guys are inciting racial hatred was the quote in your comment section because you wrote this article and then people are going on there and saying these things even though you didn't say it commenters are saying it in your forum and you need to moderate that and they publish a story about getting an email from that guy i'm like you guys are eating your own tail yeah you know like you're now commenting on a commenter that is it's so crazy on a comment yeah Yeah, which i'm but i'm okay with it sure like it should be commented totally i mean that was and that that story yeah was i mean it was funny morgan morgan stuck me in there too i made a did he yeah you didn't read it uh, maybe not. That I was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he teed off on me, so he he used that as his as his uh, yeah his way to tee off on me. What did he say about you, dude? Um, you're getting lit up this yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. He just he I don't know. He went off on how why I throw grenades and that I'm an asshole and that I have a receding hairline. And oh, so he, really? He, yeah, he went asymmetrical with his with his response, which was totally awesome. Yeah, he criticized my wife. He, he, what did he have to say about her? He just said something like, as he said, I can't really remember, it was something like, at least I'm not a 40-year-old man with a receding hairline who lives off his wife's money or something like that. Wow, getting personal. <laughs> Morgan, went, Morgan went all the way down to the map. Do you have anything you want to say about him? No, I, 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 good job, Morgan. Keep it up. Um, so... In this same vein, I put an Instagram out yesterday asking listeners to send comments. Like, what do they want you and I to discuss? And uh, I got a number of things there. Somebody said, uh, geez, I don't even want to, I don't know what his name is. Flora Derp, I think it's his handle. He said, why are the best surfers on average so darn good looking? 
Does, how does that contribute or correlate with their lack of personality and humor? Asking for a friend. See, okay, <laughs> I, I've thought, thank you. Thank you for the question. Uh, and I've thought about this a lot in my life, and I feel that I have a pretty good answer. Okay. Okay, I'd love ready to hear for this? Uh, surfing, unlike skateboarding and snowboarding, I think, uh, you have to be coastal, obviously, to, to get any, to be, you know, professional good. You have to, you literally have to basically live on the beach. Rich people live on the beach. Rich pe- people have better genetics usually due to selective breeding of their, you know, I mean, rich men, you know, marrying rich women, having beautiful rich kids, et cetera, et cetera. But also in the same process, you're scrubbing the personality. You're having bland bankers with, or real estate agents or whatever with kind of, you know, semi-bland, uh, well, you know, whatever the mom professionals are doing. Um Real estate agents or, and bankers, and or, then where the woman didn't need to rely on a personality or intellect precisely. to marry the rich. She was good enough looking, totally. and th- and so then these people have children who grow up by the beach and become professional surfers. So it's the same exact thing. You have beautiful people with scrub personalities as your basically your starting point, and then the conservative surf industry comes in, I think, and does the does the rest of cleaning out personalities. So that's wow. my that's my thought. Wow, that is a very scientific analysis. Yeah. Um, I am impressed. Yeah, thank you. I cannot argue with that. Thank you. I feel it's pretty sound. It is. I I uh, have thought about the looks part of that equation, but I never thought about how personality and intellect factored in as well. And it's totally right. And I think I think too. It's why I'm going to go even further on a limb. I'd never thought this before until this minute. But out of Brazil, I think you have uh, more unique personalities. Interesting. Because I I wonder what the coastal dynamic is there. Like I don't know exactly. I know that. Who grew up in a somebody grew up in a favela, right? One yeah, did. Adriano. Yeah, Adriano. And so you you have these guys who don't look your typical kind of standard. You know, obviously beyond just the the white skin and whatever. You know, and and uh, I would say among the Brazilian storm on tour now, Gabriel's a handsome dude, but I wouldn't necessarily say the th- same thing about Felipe no, or Miguel or, or or Adriano. And, and no, you know, looking at looking at Brazilian soccer stars and stuff too, right? I mean, yeah. there's, I mean. You wouldn't put, you wouldn't say Adriano D'Souza is the prototypical kind of, you know, what society or even Brazilian society declares as the most handsome male. No. But you could argue that I think Kelly Slater is, or definitely was, the kind of peak of of the American male, you know, when he was in his prime. Or Julian Wilson. Precisely. I mean, you could argue it. I think yeah. for for lots of them. Yeah, totally. The I'll islands you, mix it up too. I'll tell you who's a handsome bloke. Alejo Muniz. Yeah, Alejo is a handsome man. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I would say that based on webcast, but I've seen him you know, around in pub, uh, face-to-face a few times, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, dude, that guy's a, a stunner. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I have a question. Does this only apply to males? Because I feel like the listener who left that comment is correct. Like, the males are pretty handsome, but, like, the women surfers, I don't think, are the definition of beauty. There's a few for sure, but by and large, because I think they have to be. I think the women surfers have to be fighters, right? Like I yeah. think they have to. They have to want this thing so badly. So you have to. You have a unique personality already. I think if you're a, a handsome, talented boy who, you know, lives on the beach, then your path is more or less clear. Where if you're good enough, it's all there for you, right? You can become a, a some level of a professional surfer. I think where if you're a girl, even if you rip. Like you're gonna have to fight for every single ounce of of uh, what you're gonna get accolade. Yeah, and when we were in uh, down in Mexico, I can't even remember her name. I wish I could remember her name, but 
Uh, she was there with her dad. Um, she was, I think, a 16-year-old. I think she was from Kauai, but she's like, you know, kind of just getting into the uh, QS, you know, starting to compete. She was so good watching the really? way she turned, like, you know, would take off on kind of weird, you know, still all tropical stormy. The ocean was all seasick, but she would take off on, it was, I can't even remember what the wave was, but uh, she would take off beyond the peak, come in and just rip turns on the inside and thinking like, okay, if she was a guy, her path would be a lot you know, a lot easier than the fact she's a girl. Like, what is on the QS? What is your girl kind of? You know, what do you hope to achieve at at some level? Like, it's it just seems like it's a lot more daunting, yeah. and the personality has to be fierce. I think. What was she sponsored? She was. I th- she had stickers on her board. Rip I think curl? It, it was Rip Curl. Yeah, regular footer. Regular, regular. Mahina Maeda. It wasn't Mahina. I've, okay. I've 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 called Mahina Heats and the Swatch Pro before. Oh, okay. I knew Mahina. This one was younger than Mahina. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll I'll think of her name later. All right. Here's a question, a hard hitting question. First of all, I expected all of this to be irreverent. Yeah. We just got so serious. You gave yeah. us a very scientific analysis. Yeah, that was serious. Man, that was serious. All right. Let's go back to irreverence. Um, Psod on Instagram says, "Please divulge." Which way do you carry slash transport your boards? Number one, underarm nose forward or tail forward, wax side in, wax side out. This is so, I love this question because I think about it every single time I leave the beach. Dude, uh, let me interrupt you real yeah. quick. I surfed yesterday afternoon. While I was in the water, I watched a guy exit the water with a, with MR, this yeah. Mark Richards twin fin. So I thought the guy was like legit. And then he started walking up the beach carrying it with his wax side in yeah. against his ribs, nose forward, tail back, but wax side against his ribs. And I just completely lost all like respect for him. Yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Of you have course. that beautiful board and you're holding it like a donkey. Yeah. So, As and, and then I, I paddled, then I came in, picked up my phone and I had this comment on my phone. It's, I was like, that's perfect. It's a perfect question. And here's, okay, hit me. Okay. This is what I think. I'm a, okay. So it's definitely always wax out. Of course, always nose, always, always nose forward. That goes without saying. Um, I think the, uh, where you find nuance and I, f- I think interesting nuance is, are you a nose down or nose up kind of guy or, you know, I guess parallel to the, to the street. Um, I used to be a nose down kind of guy where I would hold it really lazily far down. But then I saw a lot of... You're saying you're holding the board in the middle of the board. And the nose pointing the nose nose down. Right. Yeah. So the board isn't 90 degrees positioned from your body. It's always either angled slightly up or slightly down. Got it. And that's that's the way I used to be. And I felt like I was a little bit more of a kook then than I am now. And so I've totally changed where I'll hold it almost near the nose or definitely the first like top third of the board by the nose. And let the tail almost drag on the ground, like never let it touch the ground, huh. but, but a real and real loose. Like I'll, I'll hold my board. Like I throw a shaka these days huh. where it's a, it's a loose kind of counterintuitive way to hold it. But why it feels good. I feel like people are looking at me thinking that guy rips when I'm walking. First question. Way. Yeah. You're still throwing shakas. No, but that's the way, okay. that's the way. <laughs> Let's get that, to the meat and potatoes yeah, here. <laughs> I, I don't anymore, but but that's, I guess holding my board is my version of the Shakano. Fair enough. So my question is, is it because you're writing some like uh, five five fat-nosed board, so you actually need to hold the bulky end of it to counterbalance? No, no, I'm writing right now. I mean, I, I have a bunch of different boards, but I get, you know, it's not a, 
I the uh, lost short round. It's like a five eight short round, I think. So okay, it's a, it's a little guy, and you know, a nice tapered nose. Yeah. All right. Um, what kind of pants does Rory wear? Roy, Roy Parker, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I've never met him, but I can't imagine that he wears pants. To be honest, um, M Carter zero two four asks, "Do you still talk to Fast Eddie, Eddie Rothman?" I do. I talk to him every now and then. Yeah, he'll call up and uh, we'll have a good a good chat every now mm. and then. It's fun. I, I I genuinely enjoy when he calls. All like, right. Well, he's, he's always got something to say. And for listeners who don't know, you documented your relationship with him in your first book, right? Yep. So um, they should read that if they want the full backstory. They should. They should read Welcome to Paradise Now Go to Hell. There you go. And then also, did you ever track down Graham Stapleberg for that interview about Andy Irons? No. He, he's, he, yeah, he has blown me off for years and okay. years and years. Maybe someday. All right. Um, let me see. Why is it impossible? This is a perfect question for you as a writer and a filmmaker, actually. Why is it impossible to write for film or uh, good surf fiction? whether it's for film or literature? Uh, I think, yeah, I've thought about this a lot too. Um, I think it's because I don't know as much about literature because I haven't read so many like surf fiction stories. I don't even frankly know if I've ever read one. Yeah, they exist. exist. Do they? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll find one and then... Occasionally like a family member will give me a book for Christmas. Like, oh, this is about surfing. You'll love this. And I look at it and I'm like... I, I read the blurb and I'm just like, there's no chance I'm cracking this thing over. Okay, I'm going to give a try to the surf fiction. But for the film, my theory on the film is that everybody in Hollywood feels like they're a surfer. And so you'll have uh, some you know, guy who rides like an 8-8 eight, eight egg three times a year. Exactly. Uh, making a surf film or, or having surfing in his film. And he won't. He thinks, I know how, this is part of what I do. This is cool like me. Uh, and so he'll like inevitably they don't, you know, if, if it was a film about the military or something like that. They they rely on military experts to come in and tell them if, if the guy's never been in the army, he doesn't think like, Oh, I know exactly how this feels, which is this to me. It's the same exact thing, right? He, nobody or very few people in Hollywood know the the profound as shallow as they may be, the nuances in surf. Um, and they just assume they know it because they ride their, you know, egg shape on the weekends Malibu. yeah at Malibu on the weekends like i went to the premiere uh the you know red carpet premiere of point break and the uh director came walking in he had a do-rag on um a bunch of earrings you know a big goatee and i guarantee that guy thinks thought you know i shred i'm a ripper. Mm-hmm. it's part of what i do is surf and that's why they wanted me to make this film and he had a do-rag and a lot of earrings and a big goatee. And I'm not saying that people with do-rags can't surf, can't surf, but I'm saying they probably don't surf. <laughs> I think they can't surf. Um, no, I think that's, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Maverick81 said, I'd love to hear Chaz's perspective on how educated slash intelligent the average pro surfer is from your own experience when you interact with those people. Most of these pros are now leaving form formal schooling earlier and earlier to do homeschooling. Do you think this impacts them in one way or another? I think that, you know, they are not getting traditional educations, I think, uh, but they're also seeing the world by, you know, age, you know, 12, half these kids have been, you know, around the world five times. And, and, you know, whether I know that their perspective of culture would be limited, you know, depending on the kind of coastal places they're going or whatever, but, I don't know. I think, I think that 
I don't know about straight up like book smart. I don't, I, you know, I'm sure many of them could not go in and pass the SATs or something, right. but I, I couldn't either at this point, or I, I never could, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's something about, I think a person is either curious or not curious. And I think the curious ones are always fun to talk to. And the ones who aren't curious are always, always, you know, pretty lame. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, what's your perspective on are they or aren't they intelligent? Or can you even characterize the pro surfers in one way or the other? I don't think you can. I mean, I I, I think you can. uh, Again, I guess I'm not, I don't even know what intelligence is. Like, is it being well read? Is Is it knowing a bunch of scientific facts? Is it being able to you know, problem solve or, or deduce stuff. Um, I guess again, for me, the world is broken up between people who are curious and not curious. And I don't care how, I don't even, you know, how smart the curious person is. If they're curious, that's a fun person to talk to. If they're interested and engaged and want to learn stuff and you know, whatever, that's a fun person. And I think surfers are, you know, the young ones that I've met and the older ones too, they are curious. Surfers, I think are, are, a typical, typically curious bunch of bunch of people. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, so my buddy Sean in New York has a question that I think is perfectly suited for you. He said, "I want to know why pro surfers can't start clothing companies with clothes that people actually want, i.e., Dane and Craig with former and Kelly with outer known." And specifically, what Sean's talking about is the fashion is horrible. Yeah. I like I don't know so much about Outer Known because I haven't seen it and maybe uh, Outer Known might be successful as far as I know, right? Well, he also sent me a photo from Nordstrom in New York with Outer Known price 60% off. Ooh, okay. So maybe That's it's not, not a good sign. Uh but but I will totally back um what's his name? The MD guy. Oh. The MD guy. MD, the guy who MD. the creative director of Outer Known is a, oh, is a uh, John Moore. John Moore is a brilliant designer, I think. And so, you know, whatever whatever's happening with Outer Known I won't say is a design problem. It you know I don't know what it is with with uh, former. I think that Dane and Craig are making clothes that they would have liked five years ago, mm. uh, which it's that's a fashion disaster. You know, out of the gate, right? You're designing you're designing to what you liked back when you cared, uh, and it's, I don't know that that's reflective. It seems you know with super minimal logos and 
you know, a lot of black and white and stuff like that. That's what, you know, Dane particularly and Craig too, I think grew up cutting their teeth on, but now the kids aren't, kids aren't black and white anymore and they're not minimal logos. It's like, it's big stuff and colorful stuff. And so to me, you know, maybe outer no, or uh, former will, will be hip again in yeah. 20 years. But to me, they totally missed the boat stylistically, just just flat out. Yeah, well, I, I'm not that concerned about fashion at all. And I just did a once over on their website when they first launched the thing. And it was all nondescript yeah. to me. It was like it could have been made by anybody at any time, anywhere. Sure. And I... I mean, it's, to, to me, the design ethos is kind of Dane drawing Quicksilver logos on his board, where yeah. where logos logos to those guys were uncool, mm-hmm. and they they you know I mean to me Dane drawing his mountain and and wave was a way to kind of mock the idea of a sticker, um, but then all of a sudden you have a clothing brand where the whole point is you better have people identify with it doesn't necessarily be need to be a logo, but what does your look feel? What are they identifying with? And Dane was so anti-identifying with stuff that that bleeds in. To me, it bleeds into former and maybe former successful too. But I just don't know what you hook into, right? What do you latch? If you're a kid, because he's not trying to sell to me or you. He's trying to sell, I'm sure, to high school kids. Uh, What do they latch onto? I don't see anything. Dane's own personality and imagery and that sort of stuff. That's all they got. And Craig's, of course. But Dane's not there anymore. Uh, He's like... You know, he's not a public figure anymore, and either is Craig, for that matter. Like, I guess he dropped an edit yesterday. I didn't see it yet. Did you? No, I haven't. I didn't even know he dropped one. Yeah, and then What Youth published something this week on him, and then uh, Surfer Mag did a big article on him, too. So I feel like three things from Dane this week, and I haven't seen anything from him in years. I mean, and maybe that, maybe he's realized that, okay, in order for, if I want former to work, then I have to be out there personally, because that's the only way I think anything ever works, is yeah. if the person behind it, as as unsexy as it is, and, you know, you wish it didn't have to be that way, you better be flogging your wares if you totally. want, you know, anyone where I... Yeah, I, he's going to do exactly. He's going to end up being who he was railing against, which you have to because yeah. otherwise people don't see it. People yeah. don't see it. People don't buy it. Turns out, yeah, you need to actually you promote need to talk your business it. and turn a profit. Exactly. Shocking. <laughs> um, so I want to introduce a new segment called the worst review, and it's like you know people do a week in review, and it's like here's the highlights from the last week. I'm going to give you the low lights okay, from this last week, this and this segment is the worst board shorts review. And I've got three. Uh, number one is outer known, and because it's obviously sixty percent now, sixty percent off now. Number two, Lululemon. Oh yeah, is getting into the board short game. Dude, Did you they? see this? No, I didn't. Evan Valier is sponsored. Evan Valier is There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But he's sponsored by Lululemon. What is it? What is he like? Is it a, a knee length? How's the boardy look? Uh, it's sh- just short of the knee. If you want to come over here, you can check it out real quick. Uh, oh. There's the board shorts right oh, there. Oh, wow. So it's like some cutting-edge technology material, yeah. basically. Lululemon, yeah. obviously, is like a yoga brand. Yoga pants. And so they have this cutting-edge material, uh, but they're getting into the board short game, and they're using Evan Valier. I know Malia Manuel, I've seen she's sponsored by them. Yeah. And I thought, that's actually a great fit. Sure. And it makes sense, but... Evan Valier, is there any shame involved in being associated with Lululemon for Evan? I don't. I mean, if he's getting paid, I think that all that shame right. is out the window. Who's the third one? All right, my favorite. This is actually my favorite. I was saving this for last. Okay. Bro Activewear. Come oh. check this out, dude. <laughs> Look at this guy. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Bro, so, and bro, bro has a straight Hurley ripoff too. That's the craziest. That's amazing. And those shorts specifically are called the Bro Raptor. And it is a complete ripoff on Hurley's racing stripe that they do on one leg. Is it a fighting short or is it a surfing and fighting short? No. They're bodybuilders. Basically, they're bodybuilders who are making like underwear essentially for bodybuilders. And now they're transitioning into the board short game. That's amazing. By ripping off Hurley's racing stripe and calling it the Bro Raptor. I'm still going to say that the Lululemon short is worse than the Bro Raptor. Really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's the worst of. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think that the, the men, like the yo casual yoga wear for women on the streets, like, I don't like that as much either, but that's all fine and good. Oh, I so disagree, but go ahead. Casual yoga wear for men on the streets is a giant no, no. Like, I mean, it just doesn't get any worse. Yeah. And so the fact that Lululemon makes men's, men's clothes at all is a thumb down. Totally. And the fact that then now they're making a board short, even though M. Valera is a handsome man is a double thumb down. So I'm going to back up. You think women wearing casual yoga wear on the street is a bad thing? I think that's been the greatest legacy that Lululemon's gifted humanity is the yoga pant. uh, Come on, dude. I'll I'll give you the yoga pant paired with uh, a good pair of shoes or, you know, a a well-thought top or something else is fine. Like mixing yoga wear into your elevated overall aesthetic, I'll say is fine. When people go head to toe yoga and because it's the easiest thing in the world and they're comfortable and they feel they're stylish, that's the worst. Is when people start dressing for comfort, that's the fall of Rome, my friend. Okay, when, I see where you're coming that's from. When, that's when culture falls. Like if I showed up in sweatpants today. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, unless it was a, you know, a Yves Saint Laurent sweatpant, there's a good sweatpant out there. Mm. But if you were in a baggy Adidas sweatpant pant or something, it's dressing for comfort crushes society. Yeah, and I women, think only... Yeah. So, okay. I, I'm on board with that. I don't own a pair of sweatpants. The scenario I was thinking about is if I swing by Trader Joe's on my way home and there's a chick wearing yoga pants, maybe she left the yoga studio and she's on her way home. And, and I'm a huge fan. And that's great. That's okay. fine and good. Uh, but also put something else. If you're leaving the yoga studio, you can leave the pants on. That's fine. But right. have like a, a nifty sweater or something else, right? Don't be like, I don't go, I mean, I don't go play basketball anyway, but if I did go play <laughs> basketball, I wouldn't be in, you know, my basketball shorts and tank top and, you know, and then walk around town dressed like that. Right. Dressed like a Harlem Globetrotter. Fair enough. So it can't be your default outfit. No. Can't leave the house every day in yoga pants. No, no. You can you can run home from yoga and stop by the store. Okay. I'll I'll grant you that. But no more than that. All right. All right. You've convinced me. Um, Did you see Albie Lair's new edit? I did. Would you break it down, dude? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think I think the uh, Jimmy Wilson, Jimmy Kane, the old one of the old surf uh, photographer editors from Surfing Magazine said it best, where he said uh, Albie is just is nonstop changing the game, and he felt that Albie's con- contributions to where surf is gone are totally underrated. Where I agree with that uh, statement entirely. Like I think Albie is doing stuff that you know we're not even really thinking about mm. which is or never even thought up right like is both his his ability in big waves and small waves and kind of the way he's looking at it i mean i, I really feel and i don't feel this way about that many surfers right now but but albi to me seems like an artist right like he's really he's doing stuff what do you think about albi 
fascinating. I did not see that Jimmy Kane quote. Where did he post that? Was it on Instagram? I think it was on Insta or Facebook or somewhere. Again, all of our best information comes from the comment section. Um, Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. I also was completely distracted by how horrible the music was in that edit. Like, it actually overshadowed a lot of the surfing for me. I think I watched it on mute, funny enough that you you said that, on accident. Like, I don't, I think I just had something else going and... Yeah, yeah. push mute and watch the surfing. Just completely atrocious, actually. What was that? Who was who was who was the sound? You know what? I don't have the internet pulled up on this computer because we're in a new location. I didn't, um, but I'll I'll try to do it while we're talking. I'll just pull it up so you can listen. It's just like this brand new electronic pop song. Oh, um, female vocalist, just not almost non-music like i don't know that there's an instrument in the song like so real like real standard kind of new club hit kind of thing i guess like i don't even know how to qualify it or classify it because i don't listen to that type of music it just had no soul nor connection nor um you know uh connection to the surfing itself okay I'm gonna, to, I'm, i can't wait to, I, I, I know bet, i'll I, pull it up i yeah. bet i'm gonna love the song um you might actually i listen to the worst music ever especially when, really? oh, especially when i'm writing i listen to yeah i listen to like miley cyrus and stuff when i'm writing oh man i'm, I'm not even kidding um well i read the comments section on stab and there were some people who were like best song ever and yeah. then other people are like worst song ever i can't wait to hear but, it but i think like my tastes are pretty i don't know what do you Not like? To, what do you like to hear was, in your in your surf film? I just think it should match the surfing. So, sure. like, if it was back in the day with Chris Malloy surfing to AFI and Taylor Steele's movie, that was fine. Okay, because he's stomping these huge man turns. But then, if it's um, Jack Johnson in September Sessions, that's cool too. And okay. those things are completely okay. divergent. So you just want matching, but you didn't feel that. I mean, I haven't heard the song, so I guess. I'm real curious now. This is I know, and I'm gonna, like Christmas morning. So my my other thought, by the way, about Albie Lair is like, um, this relates to that Instagram comment asking about surfers' intelligence level. Uh, he's underwhelmed me with his intelligence level a number of times to where I just kind of cringe whenever. And of course, that has nothing to do with his surfing, and sure. I respect his surfing. And actually, everything Jimmy Kane said is, and you said, is absolutely correct. He's done more airs in this one little edit that are game changing than most people will ever contribute in their life. Totally. But I'll give you the two examples. Um, it was at the proximity premiere at La Paloma Theater, and just a month ago, you know, and he did a Q and A, or they did a Q and A after the fact. Hold on, here's the music. But the fact that I love it should be a big warning shot over over Albie's mouth. Good. I just, yeah. I mean, they edited it to the music. Like, they're cutting. And so, like, I get it. They had an objective, and they actually named the edit after the song. The edit's called Black Wave, and this song is called Black Wave. I'm trying to shazam it right now, but I'm talking too much. Okay. It's called Black Wave by K-Flay. 
K-Flag. Who's K-Flag? I have no idea. Oh but God. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm going to go home and listen to K-Flag. This should not even be a part of our show. Um, so anyways, at the Proximity premiere, Albie Layer, for whatever reason, I don't even remember why, he mentioned tartar sauce. Like, you eat fish and chips with tartar sauce, but he pronounced it tartar sauce. Oh, see, but what if he's, what if, though, he wasn't even talking about tartar sauce? What if he was talking about the tartars? Turns out he was talking about tartar sauce. Oh, it was see, actually, I think it might have been his girlfriend or some girl who knew him in the audience, because she's like, what's your favorite um, dipping sauce with fish and chips? So I think she was queuing him up because she knew he said it wrong, and she wanted to put him on blast on he said tartar. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I love tartar sauce. See, that makes me real happy about Albie, though. My favorite, one of my favorite statements of all time, and I have no idea why this is, but scratch, scratch a Russian, find a tartar, a tartar. Say it again. I mean, scratch a Russian, find a tartar. <laughs> scratch a Russian, yeah, find a tartar. which is just about like Russian, you know, just whatever. It's like crappy 1800s great game stuff. But okay. yeah, the tartars are awesome. Well, I Albie didn't even know it was wrong. Yeah. He's like, I love tartar sauce. And the audience starts snickering and then kind of slowly rolls into a full laughter. And like, he's like, what? Did I, did I say that wrong? Tartar sauce. Tartar, and he starts doubling down and saying it over and over. I was like, oh, Albie. But the worst one for me was he talked about changing his mind on something. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I used to feel this way, but then I made a complete 360, and now I feel this oh, yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm like, Albie, a 360, yeah. then you're facing the exact same direction. See, but that, that's the thing, though. If you listen back to this radio podcast of me, I guarantee I have more. I see. Now I'm going to mispronounce malaprop, uh, uh, malapropisms, malaprops. Mal- it's malaprops, right? I don't know. It's malaprops. I'll let you mispronounce it. Yeah, I'm I'm mis- it. yeah. You can, I think it's M A L A something else. Okay. But uh, malaprop, malapropism. Yeah, just where you misspeak, right? Where I do it, and I do it all the time. Like I mix my metaphors. Yeah. I so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do for the next show. I'm gonna call Albie and have a long conversation with Albie between now and the next show okay and then come back with i'll give him a grade for his intelligence perfect i'll go a through f okay ABCDF. here's what i want you to do as well yeah cue up like set up a couple of sayings and i want to see if he says it correctly okay. or not number one prank call okay. versus crank call okay but which which is both are i think both are acceptable i'm not okay that crank has become acceptable in our vernacular okay. it has become acceptable because yep. everybody misuses it yeah but that's not okay with me it's a prank phone call. A prank is making a joke. Okay. And there was even a TV show called Crank Yankers where they they yeah. named the show that because they were making prank phone calls. And I'm like, you guys, it's prank okay. phone call. Prank call, crank so call. I agree with you. If you look it up, I'm going to get emails from people going, no, actually, crank is now the correct way to do it. And I'm going, yeah, but there was a point 20 years ago where it wasn't signed off on and enough people did it incorrectly to now it's become the problem is though and this is the problem with these ones is crank might have been some like thomas edison turn of the century something to do with telephone calls that that's where it came in i mean as a linguist, you were cranking the phone something maybe. who knows yeah. as a linguist i'm saying as a trained linguist <sighs> stuff is not as easy as it seems I'll tell you what, dude. If Thomas Edison's name is involved in the explanation, I will accept it. Okay. Otherwise, Done. no go. Okay. Otherwise, we need to stick with prank. Sold. Okay. The other thing you got to set him up on is whether he says, I could care less oh, yeah. or I couldn't care this less. Is, this is a big one. That's a big one for me, too. Dude. That's a pet big peeve yeah. of mine. Yeah. The proper saying is, I could not care less. Of course. I couldn't could care not. less. Yeah. Meaning, 
you don't care at all, no. there's no much less to care. Uh, precisely. But more often than not, people I say, I could care less. Yeah. I always, I always, my like generic and silly response is always, then why don't you to that one? There you like go. if you could care. But less. then they look at you dumbfounded yeah, because they don't get it of anyways. Course. Yeah. So those yeah. are the, Albie, hopefully he doesn't listen to this and prep in advance. Oh, no, a, yeah, no. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll catch him. I'll catch him. I'll try to catch him today. Perfect. I'll see if I can. So I'll tell you what though, in that edit, uh, let's talk about LB surfing, by the way. Um, I agree with you. Big waves, small wave airs, whatever. Unbelievable. He's pushing the boundaries. There was actually one wave in that edit that I thought completely got overlooked. Nobody's talked about. And it was a frontside barrel. And he pulls in. And you could see the nose of his board a little bit and see that he completely slips out and loses control. And the thing is like sliding while he's in the barrel, the shots from the beach looking straight. So you can't actually look into the barrel and see what he's doing, but just by the nose of his board, you can see that he's just slipping and sliding with no fin traction at all. And then he makes it, he yeah. controls it somehow and makes it. And I was like, holy crap. So, uh, Alby to me is somehow, and you know, I don't want to compare him to other surfers, but he's got, Something of Jamie O'Brien's playfulness with the waves and the way Jamie looked at waves, I think, differently, right? Where, you know, you could try weird tweaked out airs, um, but it's like almost a pol more polished version, version of Jamie, where I think Jamie, I mean, the amount of fun Jamie has, you know, when he's surfing stacking pipe, like he's having fun out there where I get the same feeling from Albie. And I think Albie has just polished off the rough corners of Jamie. Mm -hmm. He's having as much fun, but he just, he doesn't look as awkward sometimes as Jamie, as Jamie can look. Interesting. I also think Albie's devoted his time and energy to a lot of different waves. Like in the film you did with Jamie, uh, who is J O B. Yeah. He was surfing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eight to 10 foot cloud break. Right? Yeah. Like now all I only see him at pipeline. Yeah. But back then he was surfing eight to ten foot cloud break and doing backside turns on it that with the aggression of Andy Irons totally. or something. So like that's when I loved Jamie. Yeah. Nowadays I don't see that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it's true. Albie yeah. you see in a variety of ways. It's true. Well, I mean and that's I think Jamie, even even in the you know, sections in in Who is J O B, most of them are fairly ledgy reef breaks, right? Where you have true. this like thumping and you know, those sure they're different, but at the end of the day, they're all kind of the same thing. Right. Even though it's like this, for me, it's the scariest wave ever to surf when something is lurching on, you know, inch deep reef. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, when Jamie was younger though, he, when he was doing all his, especially his like super tweaked out, whatever those airs were, remember where he'd, he'd like grab like underneath his leg and yeah. it looked horrible, but no, nobody had ever done those kinds of airs before. That's actually another thing that Albie was doing in this was straight air, but super boned out. And then tweaking it back and landing. Yeah. So there's no rotation in it. It's just a boned out air. Mm -hmm. So sick. I love, to me, the, the rotation thing is fine. But it's one of the great things about surfing is you can still almost count the rotations if there are rotations. Yeah. Uh, where snowboarding and all that, where, you know, skateboarding or, you know, half pipe skateboarding, I guess nobody watches that anymore. But, but you know, when guys are just spinning into a giant blur, like I, I lose track of it. Yeah. Where I would way rather see some you know skateboarder snowboarder goes super high and just bone it out yeah. uh and i loved i loved those uh airs that albie was doing i did too to see, i would love to see more of that guys just going huge and doing one super stylish move yeah and then and then sticking it yeah i agree and those were huge he's doing them straight into the wind yeah and the wind's almost like lofting him higher i yeah. think no i think that really I think, incredible i think the arms race for everybody to see who can do the first you know 360 then 540 then whatever and whatever and whatever you know when okay if the if it's onshore i mean if it's 
yeah, onshore and it's good air wind. We have this wedge. Let's just try to spin. Where I love the thought of, no, I'm just going to go huge and straight. And Albie's done both. Albie yeah. won that arms race with the 720, totally. and he's winning this race. Totally. Um, and he's getting barreled at Jaws. Uh, Hector Santa Maria did a flip, speaking of airs. Yep. I remember you years ago saying yeah. Hector Santa Maria is your favorite surfer. Yep. Is he still? He's not still my favorite, and nothing against Hector. I just, my favorite surfer in the world, uh, I just, I update it every six months. Yeah, I'm um, dying. Who is it? Uh, who is it right now? My favorite surfer in the world. I'm going to have to think about this for a okay, minute. Okay, think about it. Uh, I'll tell you who I want to see more of. Yeah. Um, Wade Goodall. Yep. Every time I see that guy, I am so blown away. Yeah. And then I don't see him for two years. Yep. And I know he broke his leg a couple of times and like he's been out of commission, but not he doesn't get enough coverage that no. he should. And then Jared Mel. Jared Mel you like. The bit I see about him, I'm like, he has everything of like... I don't know, stylish throwback surfer that I like, but without all the affect. Sure. Where it's like Alex Nost, I can really appreciate what he does, but there's so much affect. Yeah. It just feels like he's wearing a costume and he's playing a character. And he might not be at all, but it feels that way to me. J- Jared, the, t- the one time that I spent so- some time with him, he's. it just seems that's who he is, right? Like he's surfing his personality, Yeah. which it's always nice to see when somebody, you know, that's who he is. doesn't matter if that kind of surfing is in style or out of style or whatever. Whether cameras are around yeah, or not. No, that's that's yeah. who he is, and that's how he surfs. The other guy, I don't know if you've seen this kid. He surfs um, – he's a San Clemente kid, but he surfs Sano all the time. Is Corey Colapinto. Oh, yeah. There's three Colapinto brothers. Oh, maybe I haven't seen Corey. I've so seen the there's Griffin, one. who's like Griffin's on the QS track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the youngest one is Crosby, who I think is on that track as well. But Corey rides longboards. Okay. And – Post videos on Instagram every day of him longboarding, but does incredible like switch stance bottom turns where his legs are crossed up and he's like grabbing the rail going the wrong way, but then like whips it back, runs up to the nose, lays down on the nose for a minute, gets back up, hangs five, like just random okay. wild Wait, radical no. stuff. Are you feeling? Are you feeling? Do you longboard? Dude, I just kind of started. Oh, see? It's terrible. Do you like it? Love it. Really? Yeah. You're in. How long? I, How I'm long no, are you writing? I've got like a si- a nine six. Okay. But, oh, probably. But, it, but it's not. I'm not exclusively longboarding. Yeah. My default is always the shortboard. But I found myself like this last run of swell, wishing it was smaller so I could longboard. Oh, see, so the the, the, wor- the worm has turned. Do you think this is it? Do you think no? You don't think this is it? No. You don't think you're going to be longboarding now? A little I'm not more. Not making a, little a transition. More. I'm just a more diverse human being than I was before, Chaz. Okay. That's what. I mean evolution come on dude i'm not i'm not only into surfing i also like wine and i also like film and i also i'm a diverse human being with a lot of interests and that is reflected in my surfing okay come on okay Um, what do you ride you just ride one board no i mean my my guilty pleasure is like a five four uh i guess are they called mini simmons or something yeah it's a little round quad where like the mini simmons isn't a quad though the mini simmons proper is like two fins my, i mean mine is a is a quad it's not a real mini simmons it's okay. like it's just a super stubby like i think it's maybe it's less than five four it's really really short it's like a kneeboard okay um but i love that thing it, it feels like a skateboard when yeah. i'm surfing it um and i'll ride it inappropriately like i like an inappropriate size surf just because i think oh, i'm gonna go have fun Did you take it out and it'll be proper and 
yeah, oops. Did somebody post a photo of you in the comments section on Beach Grit at one point doing a cutback on that? No, that was on uh, somebody posted that, but that, that was on my, which is my my real favorite board these days. See, oh. I'm, a, I'm in a real fairly dull a puddle, like a lost five six puddle jumper. Oh, I like okay. my boards short and fat, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the the previous board that you're talking about, that's Minnie Simmons ass. Yeah. Who shaped that? It's uh, it's I don't even know who the shaper is. It's, it's the brand or whatever space bar. It's somewhere oh, okay. I, I got it at Surface or my wife actually bought it and I she didn't like it and so I just snagged it and was hooked. But uh, she bought it from Surfy Surfy yeah in Lucadia yep. Uh, but yeah, it's space bar. But I don't know who the shaper is. Okay, does she surf? She does. Okay, yeah, she's she loves. She's a she's a puddle jump puddle jumper gal. Okay, yeah. Um, speaking of Alex Nost and. Uh, Jared Mel, new film just dropped this last week or two called Free Jazz Vein. Okay. Have you? Do you have any idea what I'm talking no. about? No. Okay. Filmmaker Tin T I N yeah. Ojeda. He's from Argentina, and his previous film was called Expensive Porno Movie. Oh, I love it. Oh, okay. did you ever see that? No, but I heard the t- I read the title before, and l- I think I might have seen a clip. It's classic. Yeah. So, Tin actually lives in New York, and um, which I always thought like. It's so weird, right? If you're working in surfing and surf film, that seems like the worst place. But he explained it. He's like, look, I'm interested in art. And like this allows me to kind of explore those interests without really being that distracted by missing waves if I lived in Southern California. And every day I want to be at the beach or whatever. So he's like, this keeps me removed enough to where I can go on these strike missions and these trips to generate all the raw material, but then really sit with it here and not be distracted. Anyway, he made a film called Expensive Porno Movie a few years back, which was really kind of a knockoff on 70s porn. Like okay. it had the concept was 70s porn music for the whole soundtrack. Little um, the interstitial um, skits and stuff were like porny skits. Porny skits, yeah. totally. And then he shoots on 16 mil film, so it has that look as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so Free Jazz Vane, his new film is meant to be a reference to like 70s jazz and experimental film okay and uh it has the list of characters in it are the aforementioned alex nose jared mel devin howard um kind of that whole list of quote-unquote hipster surfers writing old boards or boards that are new but throwback to the old style which i would argue hinder their surfing ability lots of times yeah. you know um but i went and saw the film and i didn't write a review of it but i wanted to just chat about it a little bit there is this genre of film that we see like that are kind of hipsters shot on 16 mil or old film or whatever do you have an opinion on any of that stuff coming out um like as long as the filmmaking is good, okay. I think I can watch anything. It's if I think like uh, a surfer riding an old board or a you know board shaped from a different era kind of thing where it hinders their surfing. I think if the if the filmmaking is hindering the story, then it it gets I don't like that as well. But I mean I I think that the the more kind of visions of surfing we have, minus that's not true. I don't think that at all. <laughs> I absolutely don't think that. Uh, I like 
but I do like to be surprised by yeah. I like to be surprised by a good slice of someone that I that I wouldn't or something that I wouldn't typically look at, right? Yeah. So this which this sounds like that, right? Like yeah. I'm I don't I'm not a big soul kind of you know longboardy kind of guy, but I love the idea of making a surf film that's modeled after you know freeform jazz. Totally. Conceptually, I was all in. Yeah. Execution-wise, I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, okay. I'm going to, like, I could totally see that. Yeah. But uh, the concept, to stretch conceptually what a surf film can be, anybody can do that. Besides, to me, you know, it's great. And I love film, you know, a clip, a, you know, session cut to two minutes and 50 seconds song. And blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. And that's great. Um, but when somebody has the vision to try to stretch that, even when they fail, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm in. So um, I'm not against this, the hipster movement. Like I see it and sometimes I, like I said earlier, I'm concerned whether, how much of it is affect versus actual like sincerity. But I go into it with an open mind and you and I discussed film in our last show and kind of like where it's falling short for us where surf film like the feature length stuff is falling short so i go in with a lot of optimism and hope but then i oftentimes am disappointed i got corrected actually i should just say the word often okay oftentimes is unnecessary okay so i'm often disappointed um and so and again conceptually i like what tin is trying to do but i went to the premiere in costa mesa at ruga last friday and really wanted to enjoy it. And I like Tin. And so I wanted to support what he's doing. But it felt like he just got in the way of the surfing by trying to add whatever he's adding, his thumbprint and his concept. It just completely got in the way. Some some of the footage was sped up. A lot of it was slowed down. The music, by the way, in the venue was just way, way, way too loud. Was to- it all jazz? Yeah, but like experimental jazz. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like really free form, like offbeat, you know, it goes left when you think it's going to go right, all that stuff, which I'm okay with the music actually. Like I would listen to it on my own, but then him trying to edit to the music also then made it feel very weird because the jazz is so experimental that it then made the filmmaking very kind of disjointed. I just felt like it was an acid trip. Yeah, Like it really was an acid trip where I just walked out of there going, I wish I was on drugs watching that because unfortunately I was sober and it felt bad to yeah. me, you know? I mean, that's, I, I, again, I think you don't know though, right? If you have an idea, if you have a concept, you can think this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, and you won't know until you execute it if it succeeds or fails. And so I'll totally give people credit for, I'll give people credit for trying to execute uh, a like bad concept rather than you know not trying at all than just to yeah. just to go okay this is what's working right now this is what the the totally. community's you know accepting as good surf films so i'm just gonna you know it's gonna be fun 40 minutes and and, we're and out. i would hope that the filmmaker would hear you say that and be okay with it because i agree with you like we're only making this critique because we're huge fans yeah i'm not shaming tin and i feel like i've thrown taylor Steele under the bus in the past and like but I'm not shaming. Like I love the art form or the, the medium and I want you guys to elevate it for us because I'm such a huge fan. So execute. I'm thrilled that you have a concept and we know that you have the actual technical prowess. So now 
deliver. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what we want. So um, you're a filmmaker, so I'm holding you to this standard too. I mean, but that's the thing. See, sitting here and knowing that I'm doing some stuff that's not necessarily experimental, but uh, not traditional or typical in the film I'm doing now. And it might, it's not going to fail. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, that's, <laughs> you don't have to worry. Well, the other thing is like, we all need to make a living. So sometimes you get these projects and you just do it for, you know, you put your heart into it, but you're not really like expressing your artistic ability maybe. And then 10 years down the road, you reflect back and you go, oh, I kind of wish that wasn't part of my portfolio. Yeah. Do you think that? I do. Yeah. I have those feelings all the time. Yeah. And even with the podcast, like I'm not making money on it, but like I look back at episodes where I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have probably, I probably shouldn't have published that. That's, but, but overall, I mean, I think you, you get to a point, your body of work is what it is, right? Like, and there's stuff I'm sure, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, there's stuff that I'm, don't 100% would rather have not written. Yeah. But in the body of my work, it's I'm glad that it's there, okay. right? I'm glad that though these are if if your body of work was what you wanted it to be, I don't think it would be an actual body of work. Okay. Well, let's hold each other accountable then because we have that body behind us and now we're at a point where we can kind of pick and choose and we should do what we want and let and really refine whatever we do from this point on should be actually more refined than it was in the past. And do you uh, think it is? I think it is inevitably though, right? Yeah. I mean, Maybe I think so. I think that both the breadth of just experience, I think, informs, and I think also when I was younger, I know that uh, my attention span would like ping pong around a lot mm-hmm. more. Now I feel like I can focus on kind of a thing for a long yeah. time, which just the length and letting stuff breathe longer. I think even though, you know, the pace of blogging or whatever every day, uh, I hate calling it blogging, but, you know, writing, writing something and putting it on the internet, you know, one to three times a day. Yeah. It feels really a manic, but internally I don't feel nearly as manic. I feel that this Beach Grit as a body of work, I'm pretty proud of, even though every one of those pieces is a total trash can fire, throwaway, you know not worth very much but overall i feel beach grit as a it started here and whenever it ends it ended here i think i'll be proud about about what we went and did there well you also have that as an outlet but then you have long form books as an outlet so you can actually devote some of the more kind of refined edited pieces towards that i think the books are not any better than beach grit really yeah (laughs) i wanted um to know if Tyler Allen is the best thing in surfing right now. Tyler Allen is the guy who's doing those Donald Trump impersonations. Oh, yeah. I watched him. Uh, I think I saw it on the Inertia initially. Okay. Where, do, where does he live? In L.A., I think. Okay. What, and what, what else does he do? Well, his Instagram handle is Tyler Allen VO, so I'm yeah. thinking he does voiceover work. Okay. Because it's funny. I've, see, the damn Inertia wrecked another thing for me. I watched on the Inertia and thought it was an, iner- an Inertia thing. Oh. And so while I loved, you know, how it was funny and everything like that, I was like, fuck these inertia guys was my other thought. Yeah. And so he's been painted with the fuck these inertia guys brush. In your mind. In my mind, yeah. which is super unfortunate. It is. Maybe. Unfortunate for him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunate for you, too, because you're missing out. Dude, yeah, the guy's hilarious. I know. I, is he not an inertia guy? No. He's what? not an inertia guy at all. They just embedded his Instagram on their thing. Fuck it. Yeah. Wrecked another good thing. So, so dude, here's what's crazy. I, I saw like a bunch of people, listeners sent me that Donald Trump impersonation, which yeah. was hilarious. Well, then I go to his Instagram page. 
he's making fun of everybody. He's got like video footage of the WSL commentators like Rosie and Kelly, Rosie interviewing Kelly like in the post show, Rosie and Ronnie interviewing Kelly at in or Fiji. And he's doing voiceovers. Oh, brilliant. Playing all three characters. So he's doing Ronnie for a second, just like, hey, how awesome are these headphones that we have? And then he, the camera cuts to Rosie, and he's doing Rosie's South African accent. Okay. Then it cuts to Kelly, and he's doing Kelly's accent, all three in one, and he's nailing it. Thanks for thanks for correcting me. I'm going I'm going back in. It's amazing. Okay. Man. He's really talented. Okay. He does Gabriel Medina. He does Adriana de Souza. Is it is it funny like uh, when Sterling Spencer did, or is it like legitimate? Like he really sounds like them. He really sounds like. Okay. Them. Yeah. Okay. Like Spencer's th- Sterling Spencer's thing was, was funny. just. Yeah, and like the jokes that he's making are funny. Sure. This guy, his voices are spot on. Okay, I'm, I'm in. Then here's what's crazy. You guys actually posted this on Beach Grit. It might have been M- Michael's article. Um, but he did a one minute long piece, which was a uh, a play off of the WSL's commercial going, I am Adriana oh, DeSouza. Oh, I saw that. Is that him who did that? Yes. Okay, I watched that. He got Dane Reynolds to say, yeah. I am Adriana DeSouza, Sal Masakela, all these Taylor Knox, all these pro surfers or surf personalities saying, I am Adrian de Souza. And he stitched it all together into a one minute thing. And I'm going, how did he get Dane to participate? How did he? Do you know? I have no idea. He must be, he must be someone, right? I need to know. I want you to get to the bottom okay. of this, dude. So now I've got Albie Lair. Are yeah. you smart? Are, are, <laughs> Albie, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And uh, Tyler Allen. Tyler Allen. Who are, is he? Are you an inertia fucker? But he's not, you're saying. But he might. What if he maybe is? Maybe he is, dude. I think he might actually be up in L.A., so maybe they are in bed together. Fucking inertia. I know. Okay. <laughs> I just hate that they're so much more popular than we are. Oh, it's way, way huger. But it's not really. Nobody cares about them. Um, I want to do a segment called Defend Your Clip. I don't know if you prepped for this or not, but like. I should have prepped. No, no worries. Then I'll just okay. give you mine. You can do it next time. Defend Your Clip. A single clip. Like, my attention span is so short nowadays. Not only am I not watching feature-length films, I can't even watch a three-minute edit. That's true. Give it to me on Instagram in 15 seconds or nothing at all. So my Defend Your Clip comes from um, Mason Ho's series that they do called License to Chill. They dropped this edit last month, so it's a little dated. But it's five minutes long, and there's a lot worth watching in there. But there's one individual clip that nobody saw that needs to be have a light shined on it. It's actually... Michael Ho at backdoor getting a below sea level bomb that's so gnarly. How old is Michael Ho now? I mean, he's got to be 60, right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to me, everything over 50 is the same. Yeah, sure. So it's just like, he's old. Yeah. Dude, the guy scratches into this thing, barely like doesn't get decapitated, pulls up into it, and it's all on the gurgly inside where the water's like white and foamy. And it looks like it's going to close out and it's below sea level. And you're just like, oh, he's going to get so smashed. And then sneaks out the doggy door at the end. It's so gnarly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna steal it off the internet and then cut just that clip out and put it on Instagram, at Surf Splendor, for anybody who wants to see it. That's my uh, Defend Your Clip of the Week. Okay. Next time, next time I'll bring one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll come prepared. Sweet, dude. All right. Well, how do we go out on this show? Like, do you have any final words or do you want to like leave an important quote for people to ponder? Uh, shout out to your favorite listeners. I'm going gonna, gonna to shout out, shout out to the Tartars. I think that, <laughs> I think they don't get enough podcast shout outs. Okay. So to the Tartars. See, 
to Albie's credit, tartare is a far better delicacy, whether it's yeah. beef tartare, yeah. tuna tartare. I think beef tartare even came from the tartars. Oh, okay. There you go. Tartars. So, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where can people get hold of you? Uh, Beach Grit. Beachgrit.com. And if you have, if you want to ask a question or anything, you could, I guess, comment in my or send me an Instagram thing. I look at it every couple days. So, Well, this episode will be published on Beach Grit. So listeners in the comments section there should leave comments for what they want us to discuss next time. 100%. Because I will pull from that yeah, for sure. I read all of those. By the way, my favorite... Maybe my favorite thing on Instagram, period, is you using the word barrel. Oh, yeah. Barrel, barrel, to, to turn barrel into a noun and a verb and an adjective and only barrel, not barreled or barreling. It's so good. It's awesome. I, I really... I, I started using it. Like, yeah. I'll comment back and use it, but I feel bad even using it because it's your joke. No. But, but I want... I'm not doing it to plagiarize your joke. I'm doing it because I want to Put it push. in the vernacular. Yes, no, let's I, push it. I, but I feel it is now. I feel it's... Being, I mean, not that I, just, you know, started... I mean, maybe somebody else is doing it. And maybe I heard it somewhere, too. Yeah. But, but the... Uh, yeah, I feel that people are using it back to me now. Good. Uh, in ways that they're not, they don't think that I'm using it. I use it first. Like it makes me laugh every yeah, it's single It's really, it's time. really funny. Give listeners an explanation of like what is an image and how would you caption it, so they know what we're talking about. I mean, so like, uh, uh, what's a what's a good one? I gotta, I gotta even. You can edit this and then I'll edit it out. Okay. I mean, let me go in. You can edit the space out. Let's just go in here to my Instagram. Uh, on the way to barrel. I like. I like you. On the way to barrel. On the way to barrel. There's a picture of a man driving a uh, toilet with a giant penis on it, and the caption I think is "On the way to barrel." <laughs> oh, it's actually Dawn Patrol, but usually it'd be "On the way to barrel," which is where you're using it like, yeah, like it, like barrel is a place, uh, not the barrel either. You never give it a definitive uh, article or anything. It's just barrel. Yeah, it's so good, dude. I laugh every single time. I need, time. yeah. Barrel is, barrel is my contribution. Um, another one that I'm looking at right now is some chicks using this new Hobie contraption, which is like a Stairmaster, but it's on a stand-up paddle with handlebars on it. It's called the Hobie Eclipse. So they're walking on water, essentially, on this thing. And the caption is, walking straight to barrel. Yep. You can walk to barrel now. Yeah, I love Perfect. barrel. There's, nope. there's a Korean company called Barrel, which is even... even better like people, what do they do uh surf like in beach clothes and it's called barrel and it's they'll say like get barrel i think is their tagline <laughs> just because they misinterpreted it slightly i think so it's yeah. always the best yeah it's perfect all right man well hey until i see you next uh two weeks from now get barrel thank you and get barrel all of you out there